We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into a all new edition of Things I Think I Know Sunday with Jake Burns, the OBR Film Breakdown, and Brad Ward, myself of All Eyes on Cleveland, a crossover uh, joint collaboration like we do every every week at this time. Uh, this time it's uh, on a Sunday night, though, and uh, the great Jake Burns of the OBR Film Breakdown and the OBR is here with me. What's up, Jake? What's up, man? Yeah, day late, but whatever. It's the it's summer. Day late, dollar break. short. Uh, hopefully we don't, we don't end up a dollar short. We can be a day late, a dollar gained. <laughs> That's what we're going to try like to do that. here, folks. We're going to riff on uh, Brad's article, which was up here on the OBR on Sunday. His things he thinks he knows. He does it every week. You should read it on a regular basis. Um, anyway, long story short, you got some good topics here, Brad. And yeah. then we're going to hit on those, and then we'll take a break. And then we have a off-the-wall message from Otto Graham Goat that I want to share to see what you think about this crazy idea. So go ahead. Otto Graham Goat. I love that. Okay. It's a great name. It is a great name. So, uh, yeah, so we'll get to things I think I know written, but first I wrote an article today on Jedrick Wills, the conundrum, conundrum, or as you said, the enigma that he is. Um, with the talent uh, playing through injury in the face of plays where he just gives up, uh, doesn't look for work, effort is an issue, right? And... Um, and then, you know, the team picking up his fifth-year option, and we've been through why they did that, right? You know, finding adequate tackle play is difficult in the NFL. To say the least. Yeah. Right. And that the number of $14 million is not outrageous for someone that can give you average tackle play uh, for stretches of time, right? Um, but what we're coming up on is his what could be the biggest payday of his life right here after the you know two years with the Browns here or you know teams are going to look back at this to evaluate what he is and 
I think they're reaching a point where they could try to hold him accountable, Jake. But you can't hold him accountable, and that's what I wrote about in the article, unless you have somebody that can fill his role adequately or without severe drop-off. Because you can't hurt the team, right? And so can Dewan Jones, can they be intentional about getting Dewan Jones or James Hudson ready to play left tackle? at a level and can either of them get to a level where you can truly hold Wills accountable and kind of force his effort on this stuff, right? Like, or else you're going to sit down and you're going to, it's going to cost you millions of dollars if we do at this point. And and that's kind of my question. And I don't know if, if they can, but that's to me the only route to really holding him accountable, given that they have signed him to the, or already exercised his fifth year option. That's a great th- thing to frame it by is the accountability spot. We all know the story of Jedrick and, and the issues that he has, right? They have been pointed out. Some people incorrectly point some things out. Uh, I don't, I don't think anybody's being uh, maybe, maybe some are, I don't know, but, I try not to be when I point out things that he's got going on issues and his performance. They're usually things I just want to point out about why he doesn't put up maybe the grades. People like to look at pro football focus grades, right? Why the grades aren't great. Mm-hmm. Some things like that. Cause I, I, you know, I do the show every Tuesday chalk talk with Kyle Murphy, who's as good at watching this stuff as anybody I've come across, obviously having played, you know, offensive line himself and, there's some plays that Jed will make, which will, you guys have listened to me long enough. If you're listening to this show, you know that I think there are some wow plays that are severe talent. Like you cannot do these things unless you're a hyper talented individual. Yeah. But there are just as many, if not more plays where you are left scratching your head. Like it doesn't make any sense why he didn't cut off that technique that he had a clear advantage on, or his footwork was sloppy getting to where he needed to get to on the second level he quits a play early. You catch him turned around looking in the backfield. Like all of those, those are just errors that drive you crazy, right? And your point that you're making, Brad, I think is very astute, which is, yeah, he's, you know, I don't think Callahan and these guys are are looking at the film and missing these things that we're pointing. I know we like to think in Brown's Twitter that we're all really smart, but <laughs> these guys are obviously sitting around seeing these mistakes, yeah. these issues, and it's fun to say, well, cut him, right? Or cut him or trade him or whatever, you know, and that's just not the way it works. You can, I mean, they can gauge his value. I'm sure they have poked around about what his value is around the league, but what they're trying to do, at least in my opinion, is figure out a way to tap into this individual's extremely talented, you know, framework and is the upside. Yeah. The upside that he brings at the position, which is rare. uh, But, you know, at at the same time, it's a matter of how, because if you can't pull him and put on the field a better player, you know, you're making like, it's like, it's like, it's like I always tell my wife, I don't know, maybe you'll get a kick out of this. Maybe you won't. <laughs> we have this bad habit of threatening things. We have no intention of carrying out. Yes, right. Absolutely. You know, if he's at his grandma's and he's acting a fool, it's like, we're going to take you with us. You're going home. Yeah. You're not going to stay here tonight. No, yeah. we're, we're leaving you here pretty much. No matter what, no brother. matter what happens, no yeah. matter what, but we make these threats in hope that he'll fall in line. And right now he's, Five, and he does fall in line for the most part uh, at some point he will challenge that it's coming soon um Certainly but is. i think that <laughs> i think that the thing that is uh you know i can see the scouting report and start the wheels are starting to spin he just hasn't acted on it yet yeah. with jed it's like okay the browns are probably disgruntled callahan stefanski 
trying to figure out what to do with this guy. But what threat are you making? Oh, you guys want to put in James Hudson? You yeah. guys want to put him in, let him play where I play? I mean, they they pulled him in some games. You look at Hudson's snaps. He started the first two weeks at right tackle, as we know, because Jack Conklin wasn't quite back uh, on the field yet. But there are you know, three games where he played a decent number of snaps. Well, two of them in which – in the Miami game, in the Buffalo game, he came in. The Miami game, he was he put like they pulled Jed. I don't know if Jed was hurt in that one. I'm not sure what happened. It was late in the game, but but I mean it was awful. I mean he was a turnstile uh, at, out there, and I was like really worried about the situation <laughs> delivering the football uh, from the quarterbacks uh, side of things because like you know it's it's late in the game and they're just trying to trying to throw it right and trying to get back and put points on the board and they can't do that because their left tackle is just letting somebody through essentially or when he's lined up a right tackle long story short i think james hudson has talent but putting him in late in games is not something that he's very good at right so um they don't have a true threat now they draft dewan jones and maybe this does become uh oh man they're they're actively looking for my replacement or somebody who can take my job now dewan jones was a right tackle as we know yeah at ohio state had very brief left tackle experience as a sophomore but um they're it feels to me like they are trying to do some sort of outside pressure to to put some sort of heat on him or make him think that his job could be in jeopardy right i mean you made a point before we started as we were sort of talking on this which is centered around you know, this is the year now or never where they're going to extend him. Like if he has another bad year yep. or average below average, I don't want to say it was bad. It was below average. If he has another <laughs> below average year, they're not going to extend him. And then he's, he's just, he's just wasting money at that point that he could be collecting because he would get a massive contract. And that's, that's kind of, kind of be the tricky thing, Brad. If he does have a great year, people are going to be like, well, you know, it's contract year. Is he yep. ever, is he always going to play that hard? Um, Again, long winded here. The thing about Jed is, and you you did a good job of pointing this out in your article, is he it's not that he doesn't care so much. I mean, he put his body on the line before, right? The ankle injury that happened the first game of of the 2021 season, and he gutted it out, and he did some things. Now, how much of that is gutting it out because you care? How much of that is because you get gameplay bonuses? Yeah. I think that there's a fair to question that. Um, I also you know, you, pointed you out, you don't, I'm yeah, sorry, go ahead. Uh, on go that ahead. topic real quick, that the Browns have, since J.C. Treader, they have a culture of, of guys on that line where they're kind of expected to play through injury. Go ahead. Agreed. That That's very true. Uh, all fair. I think, again, what I go back to with Jed is I just see a guy who doesn't love football. He does not have a burning desire to be really good at football. Yeah. And, what that means is that doesn't mean he won't go out and play. He won't put the pads on and play. Well, there's always, you know, there's a benefit to him playing. Don't get it twisted. He doesn't just show up and play for nothing. He doesn't get paid ahead of time. There are gameplay bonuses that arrive in your bank account, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, again, it's 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 sort of important to note here that the plays that he struggles with, finishing plays, the thought plays, the plan, the game plan plays, right, the, the film preparation stuff is where he struggles. And that, to me, is indicative of a young man who just doesn't really love he doesn't have a burning desire to be great and yeah when that happens that's how it renders itself and now like you said maybe this drafting of Dewan jones maybe this uh we did pick up your fifth year option but right now we have zero intention of talking to you about a new contract maybe that wakes him up yeah i don't know they have to hope they're riding it out and hoping that that's the case here but at this point brad they're i, I have to imagine again callahan and peters and 
Stefanski and these guys are have just like they don't know. They they've they've gone through every uh, angle they can take to get this guy to do the little things right, but as we know, they've not been good enough. Now, like you said, young man still drafted at twenty one. What is he? Twenty four, twenty five right now. Yeah, think back when you were 24, 25, you. Right? Maybe, maybe, maybe the light bulb comes on, yeah. man. Maybe it does. And they're running that out to see if it does come to fruition. But as we sit here going into this year, uh, optimism for him to just be a new man should not be all too high, Brad. Yeah, agreed. And that's the thing. It's like, clearly these guys, and I wrote this, like, you know, obviously these guys have talked to him about his body language and showed him what it looks like on film and showed him what he looks like on film when he does the, you know, turnstile and the standing there watching his quarterback run for his life. Like, clearly they have shown him this stuff and talked to him about it. Obviously, it's a professional football organization. We're not coming up on something new, right? Like, Mm -hmm. but they just can't get a result. And like I suggest in the in the article that, you know, even if he doesn't believe it, at least body language wise, fake it until you make it right. Like just fake it if you have to until, you know what I mean? But like the, the constant pouting of mistakes and it's very evident on him. And like, it just, that just compounds with the, the actual mistakes that he's making during the play. Right. Or the effort issues. It's like, how do you hold somebody accountable that you've talked to about effort time after time after time and you can't get a result? Well, you can't do anything until you have somebody that can replace them. And it's that's very fair. A real threat, yeah. not an empty threat, a very real threat an to take your position. Right? And so they mentioned Dewan Jones getting cross trained at left tackle. I it feels like they need to be intentional about trying to put some sort of a threat there to get anything now to your point does he does it change because of the contract year right like or the contract years the next two years right and then goes back that's a we've seen that happen with lots of players in the nfl right um you get a different level of effort during contract seasons it certainly happened many times in in all nfl sports right so um not NFL in all sports period NFL sports yeah. but and uh, this is a situation coaches at at every single level have tried to sure they've come across you know if you yeah. talk to your brother you talk to your dad like yeah these things are like we have this super talented player and we can't figure out how to get him to care the way if he cared he'd be in all whatever NFL all high school all college conference all American player but we can't get him to care the way we care so I think most coaches would say some of those battles you win, some of those battles you lose, and it's yep. teetering in the air right now if that'll be a situation where the Browns end up losing out on this one. So it's like, um, yeah, carrot or stick, right? Like, and yeah. with him, what's the carrot right now? Well, it's the big payday, and then you know what's the stick? Well, it's also the payday, but we can sit you down, right? Like, I don't see what other option they have at this point and uh i don't know if there's a real threat there which is the concern right um so. yeah the the thing here is dewan has to be ready can yeah. he do it if he can does jed still even care does taking his time <laughs> out like yeah I, I really don't have a great answer on that that's going to be one of the 
many uh, things. And we'll do a pod on this eventually of guys who sort of ranking who has the most on the line this year. Yeah. Because some guys really have a lot on the line and, uh, you know, we'll cover it, but it's, it's an enigma that we can't, we can't quite figure out, but I think putting it into words and trying to show you how the Browns have felt and have tried to do the best they can by it uh, is important. So good stuff on that article and go check it out. If you missed it, it's a VIP article. So you have to be a VIP OBR member to see it. But um, it's it's really well done. Let's hit your three uh, from your your article. Things I think I know as well. Yeah, things I think I know. First one we can hit kind of quickly. Schwartz, uh, you know, I talked a lot on my shows about a lack of identity on this defense last year, right? And like they were a hard unit to like. Mm-hmm. Um because of the issues they had and because it's kind of the lack of just that character or identity of like not really knowing who they are. Right. And I think that Schwartz is going to make sure they know who they are this year. And I, I think that has been apparent in, in many of the interviews coming out of minicamp and even Rodney McLeod and Dalvin Tomlinson, especially their uh, interviews talking about uh, Schwartz and, um, the intensity, the tenacity, the aggressiveness expected, and uh, kind of the energy brought by him, uh, and that comes with you know the the shit talk and all of that stuff that I think needs to be a part of a defensive identity, right? And it, like we're gonna be in your face, and and that's where we're gonna be all the time, right? Like, and I think that that will go a long way for this defense. Like I I pounded the table last year on multiple podcasts saying if they could all just embody or take on the play style and uh, on-field personality of an MJ Emerson, like, right? Like, he's in your face. He's aggressive. If he loses, he's coming back just as hard the next time, right? Like, and that, if they could all embody that identity, it would go so far. And I think that Schwartz is helping to bring that in. Well, he's very different from Joe Woods, who was very yes. cool, quiet, and I, you know, I just didn't see much emotion. From I think the most emotion I saw from him was when the Browns drafted, traded up to draft JOK. They put that little video together yeah. that they had yeah, from right. that access. He he was just not that type. Now, again, some situations you can, um, you can you can still right. I don't know how to say this you have to have the right people in place to survive that way. So yes, you can have players in the locker room who can create that energy, who can do those things. But, uh, you know, some don't, some don't, some players need that created for them. Right. You know, they, they talk about that all the time, you know, guys who can, uh, bring the juice or for, yep. that's a bit of a loose way of saying it, but I've always heard this, this uh, um, way of saying it, that there are thermostat and then there are th- thermometer guys, right? Like yeah. thermostat leaders are those guys who can raise the temperature of the room around them. They can, they can do it on their own. Thermometer guys are the guys who are, if the room is hot, they're hot. If the room is cold. They're cold. Right. So hmm. the question is, um, does this personality change? It feels like it will for me um, render itself a positive. I think it will. I think they need somebody who believes in them. They need somebody who can help create that energy. And I feel like Schwartz has some of those pieces that they, they really badly need. So yeah, 
uh, I think that there's no reason to not be optimistic about that because it's just it couldn't be more different than Joe Woods. And uh, at the baseline, their schemes are similar, but yeah. at the heart of what they do, how they do, and why they do it, it's very different. And then the same can be said for the type of people that they are. And, and maybe the Browns defensively, quiet Miles Garrett, quiet Denzel Ward, uh, a lot of guys who are very introverted. JOK yeah. is a similar way. Uh, they just need a guy who can be a little bit more outspoken, who can fire them up, who can um, demonstrate and bring some of that passion that they need to play with every day. So that's the hope here, and and Schwartz is going to be fun for that angle. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's the hope, and you, I agree with you. Gave me a great point about Joe Woods, and especially, you know, he had a young, such a young core, right? It's like. It's probably more difficult. It has to be more difficult for younger guys to come in and be that juice guy right away, right? Mm-hmm. Like he didn't have any veterans in the locker room to, you know, say follow me, right? So without that energy, you know, certainly it's possible to be that way and be successful. To your point, um, but uh, you have to say the right things at the right time and know mm-hmm. how to manage it and. And it, it just didn't wasn't readily apparent with the, the the team last year, and I think it, it the hope is that it will this year, and at least so far, it feels like there is a little bit of a difference. Agreed. Um, second topic: uh, Maurice Hurst. Um, you know, Dalvin Tomlinson had a quote uh, about him being a technician because uh, he's had some experience in this scheme before, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. according to Tomlinson. And saying that uh, he has been extremely helpful as far as technique and stuff goes, getting upfield uh, with all of the other guys. It was a pretty long quote. Uh, I was just looking through the transcripts, right, and um, from minicamp. And it was an interesting quote. And, um, you know, Hurst is also uber-talented guy who just hasn't been able to stay healthy. So can he carve out a role? on this team it's possible man it's It's very possible i think he could yeah well he he, when he played his three years when he was playing 18 19 and 20 it was an effective player some injuries caught up with him 21 22 and it's not again it's not inconceivable for me that he is finally healthy and able to put together a season uh so as far as like okay if a guy's healthy who can who can do that? I mean, he's his track record says he can play. Yes. It's just a matter of he's got a season with 38 pressures, right? Yep. Four stacks. Like, he can do it. It's just a matter of his body allowing him to do it. So sometimes these guys, he's still – he's not old. He's mm-hmm. relatively young. He's 28. If his body is finally right, he took all of last year off. He didn't play much in 21. If the body's right, he can do it. So it's just, again, like if, if it all clicks at the right time, it's very conceivable that he would – have a chance to be on this roster and, and matter. Yeah. So that's the hope. I mean, you if you could get a decent version of Maurice Hurst, that'd be a a really pleasant outcome, man. Really that, pleasant. Yeah, and that's the that's the thing, right? Like I'm not expecting asking him to be a start or anything like that, but if he can be, you know, you hear Schwartz talk about playing eight, nine guys, if he can be like your defensive tackle four even and play yeah. X amount of snaps, I mean that's a huge win, right? So um, agreed. All right, uh, last topic of the article. So uh, I read uh, in The Athletic, Zach Jackson uh, 
prognosticated that David Bell and Anthony Schwartz, and I agree with Schwartz, but not Bell, but both of them would not make the roster uh, this year, and that Jalen Darden uh, was a dark horse to make the roster. And I sort of agree with the Darden part, but I disagree with the Bell part. Now the question becomes, how many wide receivers do you keep, right? Because if mm-hmm. Bell is exposed to waivers, he's gone. Um, so you have to decide whether you want to keep him on the roster, at least in my opinion. And maybe I'm wrong on that. You can tell me what you think about that. But um, if you keep six, then it's Bell versus Darden for the sixth spot the way I figure it right now. Um, it feels like they're keeping seven to me. If they keep seven, then I think they both make it. Yeah, this is an element of uh, two things Jake can't stand is when we use mini camp and OTAs to project who's making the roster. These things mean so little. Yeah, about I don't even anything. think this is like a, a matter of like evaluating Bell and Darden like as yeah, like, come on, man, their play on like during mini camp. I don't even think it's an issue of that. I think it's just an overarching view of. Bell's draft capital spent on him who they think he could be as a player versus who Darden is uh and his skill set seems a bit repetitive after Goodwin and more um I'm not ready to give up on David Bell yet I guess and I know they they won't he's making the roster I would be I would be stunned I would he would have to be awful and um you know, again, I get I get Darden's thing here. I, I get it. He can return kicks and punts, which is a helpful part of his mm-hmm. uh, pro, pro, you know profile. I get it. And I think there's a world where they keep seven. And if they keep seven, then it makes sense uh, to keep him because he can do more as a receiver, in my opinion, than Jakeem Grant. And he can do some of the return game stuff. He can be your punt returner because you don't really want that. I mean, Donovan Peoples-Jones had some real nice moments doing it, but you don't really want that want that so you don't want it um, I think. you know so i i i just we don't know i this is i get it it's a part of this <laughs> this job and this field and this area where you you're predicting these things but like i man i don't know i don't know how many they're going to want to keep so <laughs> we'll see when it shakes out there are good options here what are the options they're good do they want the question is do they want to keep um you know uh a guy like like Bell, who's a bit less explosive, but is pretty reliable catching the football and uh, very nuanced in the offensive structure and the verbiage and all of that, having played so much of it last year, right? There's a lot of uh, fair things to say about that. So, uh, and, and again, Darden, we we know so little. We know so little. Most of his yeah. time in Tampa was where he found exposure. Didn't find much here. And I'm sure he's going to look good. They're going to be. We, we did Camp Darlings last week for a reason. He's a he's a guy that we probably should have put on our Camp Darlings list. Uh, yeah, um, you could shoot up there, have a good preseason. But that's the thing is now, I feel like there's so much. Their depth is so much better at wide receiver. They're going to cut a wide receiver you maybe don't think they should. So yeah, that's um that's the angle or a guy who who's decent. So uh, you know we'll see we'll see how it shakes out. But I'm going to have him put pads on before I go making. <laughs> Yeah. Huge statements about who's making the roster or not. That's yeah. just kind of the thing. Yeah. Um, agree. I'll agree. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, let's take a short break. You're listening to Crossover like you do every Sunday, this time Sunday night, though. 
uh, Jake Burns, the OBR Film Breakdown, Brad Ward, All Eyes on Cleveland. Joint collaboration. We'll be right back after uh, we pay some bills. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back, Jake, and uh, you were uh, approached digitally. I like that. It's a good way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> it I is kind of what it is. I didn't know where right? I was going with that when I said I approached. I like it. Uh, digitally approached by, you can take it from here. I don't it's know. Otto Graham Goat is Otto his name. Graham There's Goat. a direct message feature here on the OBR's website where you can throw uh, anything over. You can call me an idiot. Uh, do as you please. He sends over a topic for a slow day um, on the podcast. He says, I'm either a genius or an idiot. Your choice. Here's what he said. I thought this would be a great topic during June. Here we are. Start the following baseline. Number one, owners want to make more money. You don't need to go into why. They sure. obviously make plenty of money. A lot of broadcasting stuff is telling us that. Players can't play more games. The second premise here is it says players can't play more games unless something drastic happens to improve their long-term health. Here's his idea. Two football seasons. I love the sound of that. 
10 game regular season plus playoffs in the spring and another 10 game regular season plus playoffs in the fall. Eliminate preseason games entirely. All the games matter now. Still technically 20 total games, just like now, there are 17 regular season games and three preseason games. With only 10 weeks in a season, no more watching your 2-11 and 11 team suffer through a terrible final month. Players don't play 17 games in 18 weeks where they're so worn down after the season. Double the playoffs means a huge jump in revenue. Truly keeps us watching football all year. Here's his proposed schedule, Brad. Start fall season mid-September. Play 11 weeks. 10 games plus a bye. Regular season ends Thanksgiving weekend, wild card division, championship rounds in December, and play the Super Bowl January 1 when everyone is off and college has abandoned what was once a bowl day anyway. Take six to eight weeks off, have the draft in early February, training camp for a couple weeks. And actually, if he said take six to eight weeks off, it'd be late February for okay. a draft. Yeah, training camp for a couple weeks and start spring start, season starts. Um, uh, of March. So he would start at like late March, another 11 week regular season playoffs end of May. It'd probably be like playoffs early June, Super Bowl on Father's Day, two full months off for free agency training camp, late August and start a new season. This is wild. It would be fun. He says no more outdoor games in January in Buffalo. June Super Bowl opens up possibilities of playing in a cold weather city like Cleveland. That's true. Players make a ton more money. But with spreading out the games, they can handle the extra physical toll. Owners continue to get rich. Fans are engaged 12 months a year, no longer having seven months with no football. Something still happens every offseason, draft in the winter, free agency in the summer. So teams are always evolving, keeping the hype train going. Scheduling. Each season, you play your division once. You still play your division twice a year because you would play them each season for one round. But one season home only and next season away only. Play one uh, other division from your conference per season for four games, plus play three teams in other conferences. So three plus four plus three equals ten. There you go. Hopefully you find this intriguing. You're willing to discuss further to, flu- to flush out more details. This feels very um, – it would be like a mix of, of, of soccer overseas, right? Yeah. Where they do some stuff like this. We're very rigid in this country, Brad, where we think that the way that, that we have done our sporting events – is how they should be done. I would, <laughs> this would be fun to me. I don't know yeah. who that, like, who's your season long winner in that scenario? Like, if you have two Super Bowl winners, do they meet up to decide, like, the mm. ultimate Super Bowl winner of that season? Now you're getting really um, crazy. You know what I'm saying? Because if you have a, somebody wins it on on January 1st, someone wins it around Father's Day or whatever, um, I just, who's the the ultimate winner yeah. you're running into you're running into uh stepping it feels like most of these these teams have uh have settled in on these leagues i should say have settled in on baseball gets their time basketball gets their time and football gets their time so you're probably going to make some people mad with this i don't think the nfl gives a shit though they might yeah they might not care at all though right we're just going to run over time i think that the league that feels like they would do something like this and i no, listen, autogram. Go. I, I applaud you on this well thought out idea. Me this too. would be fun. Me I would too. be in favor of two seasons, man. And I think getting more guys, like expanding rosters to truly be ninety man rosters instead of fifty three, hmm. would be fun because mm-hmm. then you would see more development of more players over time. That would be a part of it. You could have like a true minor league element uh, to the whole thing, development, all of that. Um, I don't know. It's a fun idea. I, if this were to like come out tomorrow and say this is, I wouldn't be like, I'm done with the NFL. I think it'd be intriguing. 
it would open up some fun games to different weather, right? It would do some, uh, it'd be more, more buzz, right? Because like he said, that there's a great opportunity to play games two times a year, but also to have the draft and yes. then you get better from the draft and then free agency it can happen uh, after the, the, the spring, which would be fun too. So like the buzz train would be going all year. It'd be good for podcast content. I'll tell oh. you that much, Brad, nonstop talk about the Cleveland Browns, but uh, I think it's fun. I think it's a fun idea. I'm not going to sit here and be like, this is stupid. I actually think it's, it would be really fun. It's just, it's so hard to envision a, a, a team, a, a league in this country breaking what has been this way of doing things for so long. But I feel like the NBA is starting to push those norms more than almost anybody else. Some of the weird things they're doing. Listen, different. I shouldn't say weird, different. Yeah. So listen, I, I as well applaud, uh, autogram go. This is fantastic idea. And I would love it. Like it would be well fan- thought out. It very well thought out. We're very well put together. He thought of all the angles, you know, uh, mm-hmm. scheduling and stuff. I would say that scheduling, I wouldn't play all home all, all the way. Just a minor detail, I would do two and two, two and two. But um, for each season, if that makes sense. Um, it does. But I, I do think that uh, it's a very intriguing idea. Now, do I think they'll, uh, they would ever do it? No. Um, I, I doubt it. The question becomes... A, although you are you are playing the same amount of games, sort of, right? Like, so you're still playing twenty games, but normally those three of those games aren't really played in by starters. They're played in guy by guys that are, you know, for the majority of the time are cut, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then two playoff runs. If you're involved in both of them, now you're really pushing your you know, if you play in every game up to like what twenty six games potentially, um, yeah. which is a lot. And the question becomes, when is their time off? And I know you guys said six to eight weeks here, six to eight weeks there, but that's a lot different than what they have now, right? There's yeah. a true plus. There's a ramp up period of like training yes. camps and yes. stuff like that. So you would obviously abbreviate those. But if we're saying that the schedule would be, you have a Super Bowl on January one. And then you're rolling again with the next season. Yeah. He says at the start of March, that would need to be later March. Um, I feel like the only danger would be how, like, I think there's a chance that this hurts the overall quality of football being played yeah, because there's less time to prepare and less time to uh, do the stuff it takes to mentally be better. But I don't, I'm not here to say it's like guaranteed that would be the outcome. I just would be interested. Yeah. And I'm, I would imagine Otto Grammer has not uh, put together like <laughs> every piece of information about sure. what these schedules would look like. But uh, I, I would be interested like what the training camp stuff would look like and, and all of that. But it is, it is sort of a, a fun angle to take on splitting angle. the season in two. It's a great angle. I, I love it. I'm just, here are my concerns. My concerns are the wealth, or the wealth, the health and well-being of these players. I think uh, the wealth would be, would the, be, the wealth would this. be uh, through the roof. So the yeah. wealth is a po- big positive here. The, the 24 hour news cycle NFL hype train, huge win here, right? Um, huge. The I guess the problem becomes like, 
So what if you're a team that's like, oh, we get a couple injuries. I think you run into like load management stuff like the NBA, like, hey, let's punt on the spring so we can try to win in the fall. I'm just throwing out like this is nothing against the idea. I love the idea. I'm just throwing out potential downfalls that probably have come to my mind, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. I, um, I do think that like – Again, though, what's the ultimate winner? I guess it could just be one season is one season and that's it. But I also have this brain twisty thing of uh, that you you have a calendar year's Super Bowl champion. And it's like it feels like we'd be crowning two Super Bowl champions. So is there like a a fun way to do the ultimate Super Bowl? Uh, I don't know. And and, and uh, how different is Team A? Like, so what if (laughs) – yeah, because so you're getting them six months later. Yeah, that much different. How different is the team then? And you know, what if one of those players went and signed with the other team after the spring, and then they won it? You know, <laughs> yeah, what I mean? you couldn't do it. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So yeah, you'd have. To, I think you'd have to do all transactions at the end of the spring before the fall. Like make it a full year, right? Like so. Which how would you do that? Like draft and free agency all. In one, in one swoop, swoop. Yeah. Because if you split it up, then you run the risk of. I'd have to think Otto is saying here that they don't care. Like there is no, you're a Super Bowl champion of this season, and the next yeah. season is this. Yeah, it's like that stuff oh, doesn't we're matter. The 2023 fall Super Bowl champions. Yeah. Or and, and I think that's the way it would happen. You just you would the... you, just, you would just count Super Bowls. We're the Super Bowl fifty four champion. We're the fifty six champion. And then We're like the... if you win them both, yeah. it's like the uh, the uh, triple the double crown. Yeah. Then there's a. <laughs> then you could go into the Champions League. Yeah. Off of that, right? I don't. It's fun. I do think it's fun. It would be a different twist of football. The problem is. Football is so rigidly focused around the like, like it's also trickles below just the NFL. So how does the college season yeah. line up to that? How does high school football, which is always played this time of year, how does that work out? There's some logistical stuff below the NFL that would be of Definitely. interest to me. Like, does everybody? Yeah, I mean, you couldn't. Everybody can't change. So how does it affect yeah. those? I would say the other thing that I would. I would be concerned about. Now, I'm not certain this would be a problem because the NFL is so strong this way, right? Like, yeah. compared to other leagues, it's stronger with, like, emphasis on a single game. But the way they have it structured now, that's what makes the NFL so great, is that every game matters so much. And mm-hmm. every Sunday has such a huge impact on your season, right? So, uh, and you prepare for that all year long like they are with mini camps and ramp up yeah. and all that like all of that is such a huge part of like so so if you break it up into two do you run the risk i'm just asking this i don't know if it's true do you run the risk of games meaning less yeah that's a good question and and like the another question would be because hey if we the can draft if the turn if the draft a months and run it back <laughs> Well, if the draft only your draft position only matters from one season, yeah. Does there like is there a way you can change that free for free agency too? Because if you're bad in the in the in the season that is March to June, like that doesn't have any impact on your yeah draft stock, right? I mean, not not so. I guess it would decentivize losing people. The team the NFL seems to hide 
organize I, losing better than any league, but like, like what is, how are you getting better? Well, I like, think what you would, you, you know what I mean? I think you would have to say you account for both fall and spring combined and records, combined records from both to give you your draft uh, order, yeah. which would come in the, in the, uh, in between the spring and fall season. Yeah. So you could have a team that was in the spring season. Yeah. Oh and ten. Yep. Tank. And then maybe they 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 have an unbelievable free agency. Yep. And then they win the Super Bowl because maybe they got a huge quarterback. And then well then like, then they would they middle out. Pick. Yeah, in like the maybe they're right in the fifteen range, which yeah. is which isn't good, terrible. Right? No, it's, it's better than just counting one of the seasons for the yeah because then they go ten and zero oh and yeah they get the first pick still yeah they get a champion draft in first because they tanked the first half. or would you just get rid of the draft altogether and it just becomes a free agency kind of the way Ooh. some of the uh overseas organizations yeah run where there uh, is no draft that's what uh florio has proposed for years yeah no draft just the players become available and you can negotiate with all of them i'd probably college. get rid of the salary cap entirely for those people Holy those that love to argue with me about baseball. Holy crap. Uh, yeah, now we're out in the weeds. This is fun. I'm open to um, any follow-ups on this. Yeah, I love If somebody this. has them, what maybe we're missing. Otto, you feel welcome to, to tell us where we're right or wrong. Uh, if you have any I, like suggestions for this, this is going to be a running thing Brad and I will talk about. Yeah. Or let us know. Yeah, let us know if you have any you know, I'm gonna a, an have idea similar. That come up to me at like three in the morning tonight where I'm yeah. gonna this is gonna pop into my brain and I'm gonna be like, damn, I should I should have mentioned that. So I'll so, jot we're it. We're not on my letting phone this go. And we will revisit this. We're not letting Otto's league go. No. So we will be talking about it. If somebody has a great concept for this, let us know. Maybe something we're missing or a little piece that could make it more fun. But I do think you'd have to just be rid of the draft. So there would be a rookie free agency. And then there would be in a veteran free agency. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, wow, that would yeah. totally make things really weird. Um, weird, wild, and fun. Weird, wild, That's and what fun. It would do. Uh, so, yeah, I wonder how that would. You know, the big question is there is how does that affect, you know, parity in the league that they want? Would be interesting because be interesting. you no longer have that built in. You know, the worst team is going to get better by losing. Um. All right, we hit this from every angle. Otto, shout out to you for yeah. giving us the idea. Final thought: it's fun. NBA is trying to do something similar with a mid-season tournament, and I think it's an epic fail. Uh, I think it's nobody will give a shit in the NBA um, mm-hmm. about the mid-season tournament. Just throwing it out there. I think it's two different discussions. I like the idea more for football than I do for basketball. I have the uh, of a similar belief that I don't know how it's going to go. Where our guys, the pl- where the, I applaud them because I think the play in has been a success for them. Yes, I do not know how this midseason tournament are guys going to care about. Like, what is the real incentive to get guys to care about it? Like, are you, I feel like if you like win the midseason tournament MVP, you're going to be kind of made fun of. Like, no one really well, cares. Yeah, like, what's the point? It feels like uh, in high school... He's you... got four He's got four midseason tournament MVPs. Yeah. Like, is that going to be a debate, legacy debate? You know, it's that's, so that's the thing, right? Like, every it would reset everything, and, like, they want to give it, like, a huge financial benefit for winning, and I get that, but, like, compared to their contracts, 
of the stars, what is the real financial benefit, A? And then, you know, B, I, I just don't think anybody's going to care. Like, when high school, ba- when played high school basketball, you play a, you, every winter at, on Christmas, on Christmas, uh, the day after Christmas, we would get in a charter bus and go to New York or Pennsylvania to play a holiday tournament, right? And mm-hmm. uh, you spend like three, four days there, stay in a hotel, uh, four, five, six teams, depending on where you go. One year it was Binghamton, New York. It was crazy cool. They had like, uh, they did it all up. It was at this big arena. Like, it was really cool, right? Uh, it was an ice hockey arena, but they had, the you know, the like, a minor league ice hockey arena, like so, like a yeah. mid level arena. I uh, stayed in the hotel. They had like a dance for like the players and all the cheerleaders from the teams one night in the hotel lobby. Like it was crazy, dude. And That's sick. Yeah, it was pretty wild, dude, for like high school. And uh, but we got our ass kicked all week, all week, no doubt. But it was uh, fun. And every year you'd go on these tournaments. But what do they really mean? Yeah, it counts towards your regular season record in high school. That's it. And you can like what you get like a plaque. If the you stakes are low. I the talk about this all low. the time. Yes, because you're not playing things... a conference game. You know what I mean. So, yeah. um, and at that level, that's what matters. So, I guess, how do you figure out how to weight these things? Is is the ultimate question? That's the tricky thing. That would, that's the tricky thing. At least with this NFL plan, we would have it's two seasons. It's nothing. There's nothing fictitious about it. You're winning a Super Bowl if you win it. So yeah, so how but how do you secure that? That's going to like how do you secure how do you make both of them have the same weight, right? Like that. I think if you get your mind around it of it's just a new season. Yeah. It's just like stop thinking of it as a 12 month thing and just it's a season. Two it's separate 10, seasons. 10 seasons. it's a, it's a season. Yeah. I think more football would be something people would always be into. Always. It would be weird at first. Always. People would be into it. It'll be more fantasy football, more constant turnover. Dude, it would be good. Everyone can get behind year-round football. It's like it's just logistically, yeah. And I everyone think, will. And I think the goat here is on to something. I do too. Shout out to you, Otto. Brad, good show. All right, good show, man. Great job, Jake Burns. The OBR film breakdown. Listen to him every single day. He's a gentleman scholar uh, <laughs> and. Uh, Read his stuff over at the OBR. My name is Brad Ward. All eyes on Cleveland. Also, the OBR, both Blue Wire podcasts. With that, enjoy your Sunday night, Monday, and the rest of the week. Talk to you soon. We're out.